Hi everyone, welcome to uh, this podcast. Thank you so much for pressing play and um, I think you'd be glad, or I hope that you'd be glad that you did. Uh, today I'm chatting with a superb gentleman, his name's Ryan Anderton, and um, he's got a very, um, got a very, I'd say, I don't know if interesting is, is, is the right word, I, f- I find it um, find it quite uh, inspirational. Um, Ryan, unfortunately, has had a lot of troubles and issues with his mental health um, he suffered a horrendous loss when he was um, when he was younger. Uh, lost a member of his family that anybody would uh, would struggle to come to terms with, and therefore went off the rails. Um, com- attempted to commit suicide on a couple of occasions. The last one being three years ago. But thankfully, it's not all doom and gloom. Um, Ryan has put his experiences to uh, positive action, and he now helps other people. Also supports lots of charities um you could say the guy was crazy because he has already done the length of the country uh he's gone around it <laughs> he's going around it again in a different direction he's a superb individual and a complete superhero um, and in a month's time which will be on the 4th of june 2020 uh, ryan will be riding clockwise around britain and raising money for uh, a number of charities including the nhs Superb individual. Listen in. Thank you so much. I think you'll enjoy this. Okay, we are rocking and rolling once again. Uh, and this is this is number 12. This is podcast number 12. And uh, I'm absolutely delighted today to be um to be joined by this individual who I'm going to introduce in just a moment. We've gone, we've gone slightly. I say slightly off piste. I got a message the other day from a friend of mine and said, um, I've been listening to your podcasts and uh, I know somebody who I think would be fantastic for it. And this is the person who is now on the podcast. And when he said it, I thought, fucking hell. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Because he's got an amazing and quite an inspirational story behind him. So thank you, Mr. Ryan Anderton, for joining me. Hi, Mr. Baxter. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Well, I'm as good as I can be. I've just had some good news about my uh, industry in the state agency. So hopefully things will get uh, picking back up. But um, how are you keeping during this current um, COVID situation? Yeah, um, I've um, I've thought I quite enjoyed it in a way. Um, it's uh, it's reduced my ability to do my proper day job, um, which is within mental health. Um, because my day job was face-to-face contact with people suffering um, from life challenges. So it sort of put that a little bit more on the back burner, but it's allowed me to concentrate on various other projects, um, and this the big one being my my um, up-and-coming bike ride that I'm doing around Britain. Ooh, there we go. He's just dropped a little juicy message in there as to what's going to be coming. Before we crack onto that, you've just given us all an indication as to what you do currently. But um, take us, so you, you, well, in fact, take what, tell us what it is you do. So you, you you help people with life challenges, as you say. What Give us an example. What might these life challenges be and how do you help them? Yeah, so I work within mental health um, as a peer support worker. So that's using my life experiences to help them with the challenges that they're um, facing within their life at the moment. Uh, I also have a mental health peer support group, which we were running on Monday nights, which is called It's Worth Talking About. 
obviously that had to stop. So we've not been able to do that. So as I say, the the day-to-day supporting of people with mental health on that face-to-face basis, you just can't do. So instead of doing the online Zoom groups, which many have gone on to do, I decided just to take a step back, look after my own sort of well-being and focus on some future events that I want to get my teeth stuck into. Okay. So what, what gives you, please set this in the right way, what gives you the right to give people the, um, the peer-to-peer? I mean, I know the answer to this. That's why I'm asking it. But um, <laughs> what, tell us about your story. Take us to the beginning, what are your experiences and what's happened in your life. So, yeah, um, I've uh, suffered with my mental health and behavioural challenges since I was about 17 when I look back at things. So that's 23 years now of sort of uh, fighting with myself. And I've had various and several suicide attempts throughout that time and many sort of self-destructive periods where I've not liked the world, I've not liked myself, I've not wanted to be here, that sort of thing. Mm. But uh, just over three years ago now, I found peer support and I found that talking about my mental health um, really helped me understand myself and express myself in a way that allowed me to move forwards in life. That sort of coincided with me cycling as well. And I use that as my well-being tool. So that gives me something to focus on. And I use these the skills and the ability to talk to not advise people, but just tell people what I've done. And if that works for them, then they sort of find their own path to well-being. I mean, just, you know, within that very sort of brief roundup of the experiences that you've gone through, obviously I am aware of some of the things that you've gone through because you you're, 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 are an open book. I even saw you on the bloody BBC doing an interview or many interviews and they followed the, the, the challenges that you've set yourself um, on, the, on, the, on the bike, which we're going to get to. Mental health is a very sort of, um, I don't know how to describe it from my opinion, it's a very strange thing. Turn out the right way. My auntie suffers from bipolar. She's, um, you know, she, she, she's, she's, she's been diagnosed with, with that. Um, and as a, as a family, we've, we've all managed to try and do our best uh, so I've seen it. I wouldn't say I've seen it firsthand because I, I'm not. I'm not hands on with it. I, I'm not. I'm not there day to day. But from looking at what my auntie was before to to, to kind of what's changed, it, it's quite a significant change. I think that changed my opinion on mental health. I used to have this opinion that it's like, oh, well, how can you be? How can you be depressed? You know, people have got big houses and they've got lots of money and they can still be depressed. People can have nothing and be depressed. But it is a very 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 we i don't know i don't know how to say it without i'm not being disrespectful but it is a very weird and surreal, sort of surreal things because it's real isn't it it's totally real. it is mental health is real um there's there's a lot of stigma behind um and surrounding mental health of like you say how can you be a professional footballer with all your millions and your houses and your cars and still be depressed mm. um but with wealth and profile comes stress and stress is one of them life challenges that causes mental health not being performing to your best um 
And yeah, you can talk about musicians and footballers and pop stars and business people. A lot of business people have huge amounts of stress that they put with on their own shoulders and expectation and ambition. That's all stress. And that leads to a lot of mental health. But then there's um, things like you mentioned, like bipolar and schizophrenia. There's such a broad spectrum of mental health that it's it's you can't pigeonhole people because everybody yep. is individual and they have their own different dresses and way of dealing with things yeah i think now now more than ever is 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 the the idea of of, of helping and dealing with mental health has become a lot more um i want to say i want to say acceptable it's always been acceptable to me because of my own experiences but if you look at the likes of tyson fury and other, you know, c- celebrities who, I mean, there was um, Ray Wilkins, who he was an alcoholic and he suffered with his own mental health battles. Unfortunately, he passed away, not because of that, it was other reasons. But I think it's becoming a lot more, It's it, people can talk about it a lot more. You've certainly pushed that idea, it's okay to talk. And, um, yeah. you know, it, 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 the, 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 the royal family, they're a big, strong Africa of, of being, it's okay to talk. Do you think... Do you think that, you know, you mentioned a moment ago that some of your behavioural challenges, let's say, when you were younger, you could maybe direct now towards having these mental issues. Do you think mental problems? Do you think that there's people who have not yet realised that there's an issue that they need to deal with and that actually they're being, they're they're being challenging, they're challenging them, they're challenging other people and things that they do and actually there's an underlying problem? Absolutely, yeah. I think that, there's um, people that behave in a certain way um, and that is a mental health challenge. It's a, it's a behavioural issue um, based around something that they've not quite dealt with within their life or realised that they need to deal with. So um, I work a lot with people that have alcohol and drug challenges. Their alcohol and drug challenges are life behavioural issues but they tend to come from some underlying problem that they need to resolve. Um, it could be like um, a divorce, family issues, uh, bereavement, um, some form of abuse throughout their life that they're trying to mask and cover up. So most definitely, I think that people don't really realise that some things that they are going through are mental health. And mm. to be able to talk about it instead of, hide away from it behind, like I said, drink and alcohol um, and drugs Mm. is something that I needed to do. I needed to realise that it was a mental health issue. Going back 23 years ago, mental health wasn't as in your face as it is now. We didn't have Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and everything like that. So I think people are more aware of it now but there's still a lot of people that don't want to admit that it is a mental health issue. And there's, there's often a tr- there, are, there is often a trigger, isn't there? There's, there's often a trigger. I'm not saying it's, it's always a trigger, but there's often a trigger. But whether it's like you said, bereavement, or um, you know, it's particularly like it in women, they can have postnatal depression, and that can lead to other things. Absolutely. Um, and I suppose what 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 is it then? How how do you? So how long did it take you to realise then? 
that that you had this this, this problem because right now I know you're in a fantastic place. You do amazing work for charity. You do amazing work for people, and we are going to finish on a high. But I want to understand. <laughs> I want to get. I want us to get over the the first bit first because there will be people out there who might be in a similar position to you and think fucking hell maybe maybe there's more to it than me just being an absolute dickhead or whatever so what point yeah, did you well, think maybe i'm doing something yeah that's that, that's what i thought i thought i thought that about myself for a long time it's just like why are you such a dickhead why <laughs> that, why do you always make mistakes and i did it was just like you just keep you just keep fucking things up for yourself why um and it wasn't until i spoke and realized that I wasn't alone in doing those things, and that behaviour was quite normal. There was a lot of other guys who were feeling the same way that I did. What sort of things were you, What sort of things through, were, you, were you doing or were feeling at the time? So um, a lot of my um, when I when I look back and I self-analyze myself and sort of break down where my mental health struggles came from, a lot of them came through um, relationship struggles. Um, and that feeling of being unworthy or unloved, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And that, that's where mine have always sort of stemmed from. And that always led me to being sort of self-destructive. Okay. But there's uh, a lot of guys... Go on. But yeah, there's a lot of guys, when you, when you go to one of these man club and the other, the peer support groups, you'll hear a lot of men that have gone through relationship breakups and it hurts them and they don't know how to talk about it and deal with it that obviously has knock-on effects with potential of not seeing children which again is something that um that affected me but then there's finances and there's housing and there's work and it all sort of becomes too much for a lot of people i was going to say you're telling a very good story there because it it, it already can feel like you know what I mean? Like relationship and then you can't see the kids and then all of a sudden you've got work and then you're self-destructing and you might be drinking a lot and not speaking to people, making the wrong decisions and then you've got to pay bills. It's 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 kind of, you, you can, when you describe it like that, you can kind of see both both ends of the spectrum, can't you? Because on one hand, you can be like, well, it's okay. Just take a breather, take a step back and take one thing at a time because, you know, people can be quite systematic and quite pragmatic, but it's very easy to just add everything up and layer it and go, I'm absolutely fucked here. I might as well yeah. drink or something. People talk, people talk about a vicious spiral, don't they? Um, and once you're on that slippery slope and everything starts to um, gather momentum and it's one bad thing after another bad thing and something as little as receiving a gas bill, all of a sudden yeah. where you used to be able to just go, oh, I'll just pay that, all of a sudden it's just like, oh, hell, another thing. And yeah. Really, it's not that bad, but you're just in that headspace where everything becomes doom and gloom. Yeah. So, what was the work? What, what, what was your lowest point? Because we can talk about that surely, because you're not at that point anymore. What was your like lowest point that you think, and you think, fucking hell, that was you know that was bad. And how did you manage to come out of that? I've had, um, I think I've had two real low points. Um, I've had a few suicide attempts, but there was two that really stand out. Um, one is what I call my leaving Las Vegas, which happened 10 years ago now. Um, I drove to Blackpool, put myself into a B&B, um, drank pretty much everything I could get my hands on. Um, 
and I found myself woke up in the shower the morning after, blood all over my arms, um, paracetamol and tablets on the shower floor, um, alcohol bottles and cans in front of me. I felt awful, um, and a lot of that I don't really remember doing, but I then took myself um, in a probably not fit to drive state to Airedale Hospital, and I was admitted there for eight weeks. So 10 years ago, that was my first bad place. And okay. then three years ago, um, I found myself stood on the train line um, Butley, mm-hmm. bottom of Butley Cemetery. And at that point, it was only a few hours of madness. Um, but it was the point where I realised that these are getting really bad now. It's getting to the point where if you're successful at um, suicide, you are going to not recover from this. This is yeah. just, there's there's no way back. Mm-hmm. And that's when I did my Recycle Yourself and I did the 50, cycled 50 miles for 50 days, which sort of set myself back on the, road to recovery and then that's just spiraled out of control and my cycling become I mean I mean what I call ridiculous (laughs) I mean I mean I mean for anybody who didn't do doesn't doesn't know your story which you've just told then I appreciate you know that um you've it's a shitty situation to have to have gone through because I can't imagine what you were thinking and, and all of the pressures that you must have had on your on your um on yourself and your body and on your brain at the time to have gone through that but if anybody doesn't didn't know that they'd, they'd look at you and think this guy is crazy just because of the amount of cycling that he's doing yeah <laughs> Not, nothing to do with all of this stuff the cycling so was it at this three-year point that you got into the cycling or have you always been into cycling because i'm all right in thinking that your dad's quite a keen cycler as well yeah my dad's my dad's recently quite a um, okay. a keen cyclist. Um, it's that thing like you learn when you're a kid how to ride a bike, and mm. you probably do it maybe to your teens every now and again, mm. and then you learn how to drive or you um, end up working this that and the other, and you don't cycle at all. And we we both sort of started in our well, I started at thirty seven. Um, my dad was probably a little bit older than that. The uh, Maybe the mid mid middle mid age cyclist thing. Um, <laughs> oh, with the tight tight, tight lycra on. Yeah, the the mammal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was um, yeah something that we we do both enjoy and yeah cycling has become like a big passion of mine now and something yeah. that I, I share with my dad. So where did you? That's correct. Where did you? Where did cycling come into this whole? because you, you it's a bit of advice for you isn't it so where did it did yeah you, like, how did it start so, i mean did you have a bike did you wake up and go i'm just gonna jump on this bike and that's it like run forest run or? no so I, I i um i stumbled across andy's man club which is the first park group that initially sort of got me talking it's okay to talk and there was a guy there who said that cycling really helped him and it was um a little bit of inflicting pain upon yourself and a bit of a punishment of, of yourself, but also that you got your endorphins and your serotonin going. So I started going for just 10, 15 miles um, here and there. Uh, that developed into cycling to work. Uh, three years ago today, I did my first charity awareness ride, which was 
or Andy's Man Club. Wow. And then it, I did another ride at the co-op for British Red Cross. Then I rode Land's End to John O'Groats, but again, for Andy's Man Club. Yeah, just, and... just, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Just one second. <laughs> you, you're just going to steamroll past that one. You did, you did um, Land's <laughs> End to, to, to John O'Groats. Which is which is how far? Um, well, I did a thousand and thirty miles. The standard Land's End to John O'Groats is nine hundred and eighty miles. So you just went a little bit further, yeah, just a hundred miles. Just further. a little bit, yeah. I did. A, yeah. I did a little detour just to see, see my grandma. <laughs> oh, oh, bless you. And uh, but actually, you were just going to steamroll past that part. But that was that was a journey in itself. In fact, just before you just before you talk to me about that. When you were doing the Andy's Man Club, which was three years ago today, happy anniversary for that first one that you did, um, had you decided that you were going to, well, you tell me, actually, cycling became this new hobby that you'd found to push yourself, because I know what it's like. And also, you live in probably, potentially, the worst or best, depending on how you look at it, location for cycling. Now, I would look at it as the worst location for cycling, because you are literally in the middle of hills, um, surrounded other, by hills, yeah, surrounded by hills. But other people would say potentially the best place because your cycling sort of area presumably is Oxenhope, Howarth, and around in around that area. Yeah, so um, Yorkshire is the best place to cycle. It is the the most challenging place uh, that you will find for cycling. The, the hills and the terrain, it's, it is literally up and down and up and down. Yeah. It's relentless. But I enjoy that. I like that aspect. Uh, there's, no, there's nothing worse for me than just riding flat all day long. Um, yeah. It's hard work. You, you don't get any rest when you're cycling on the flat, so that's hard. And, and yeah, it, cycling became, it became therapy. Um, we, we talk about um, medic miles instead of medication. And I use the cycling as that natural boost of your serotonin and your endorphins. And yeah. that's self like, like you will have when you, when you make a sale or when you mm. get a listing on a property. There's like yeah. a bit of a buzz there. Of course there is, um, yeah. I, and I got a buzz every time I hit that top of that hill. What point did you decide then that you were going to start uh, cycling and doing challenges and raising money for charity? Um, quite quickly after the Andy's Man Club Awareness ride, I, I, I wanted to do something bigger. Um, always wanting to challenge yourself and push yourself further. And the most iconic UK ride you can do is from the very, very bottom to the very, very top. Yeah. Uh, so that became like my my first point of call, and I'd been like I'd been cycling eight months, and I, I set off to do that. So you, 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 I mean, you know, take this in the right way, but that is that's a crazy man talking, isn't it? There, eight months into cycling, and I want to do the full fucking length of the country. Um, but just you're planning. Tell me about the planning because um, any uh, any person who perhaps would be thinking. Right, I'm going to train for a few years. Okay, I'm going to be a really keen cyclist, and I'm going to go and I'm going to do this. And what's going to happen is I'm going to spread it over a certain amount of days, and my route is going to be from here to here to here. And I'm going to arrange to stay here. I'm going to arrange to stay here. I'm going to arrange to stay here. And this is what's going to happen. 
how did your outlook look? Where did you plan on staying and how did you plan on staying? Because I know <laughs> that there were occasions where you didn't plan, you didn't stay where you were planning to stay. No, not at all. So, um, absolute novice cyclist. Um, I, I knew pretty much nothing. Didn't know how to plan a ride. Um, so, I needed to, I knew that I could cycle about 100, 120 miles, maybe. So, my initial plan was holiday in or premier in, and uh, I didn't want to be roughing it. Um, it was it was like hostels and hotels. So I searched premier ins, hundred miles, um, and yeah, that became my plan. Hundred mi- hundred and twenty mile a day. Um, so I did um, Lands End to Exeter, Exeter to um, Bristol. Um, I fell off on that day, but we'll talk mm. about that in a bit. Mm. Um, and then Bristol to um, Telford. Uh, that should have been Kidderminster. I went the wrong way. <laughs> and from Telford, I should have got to Lancaster. I didn't. I got to Alder um, because, yeah, punctures and just not being a cyclist, not knowing how to do things properly. So, yeah, I stayed at Oldham. I uh, got supported by Andy's Man Club again. And then... Just, just so I can put some context into that, I was following the journey at the time on social media. And um, I'm pretty sure a post went out and it was like, okay, so we've hit a couple of bumps in the road, literally, and we're not going to make it where we need to make it. So can anybody help out? And people reached out, didn't they? And did you stay, you stayed at someone's home, didn't they look at like cook for you and stuff? And you stayed at someone's house, am I right? Is that? Yeah. So I stayed at um, a wonderful um, woman's house, Katie Lockwood. And obviously she's not a member of Andy's Man Club. Yeah. <laughs> but her, her brother, her brother used it. Um, for a, a couple of years before um, he sadly passed away from suicide and he lost his his fight against his personal battles. But obviously, Katie sort of heard my story and saw what I was doing and she took me in for the night, yeah, fed me, gave me somewhere to sleep, had a few beers. Um, what, does that, what, does then, that, what does that do for your confidence as well? I mean, you know, if you're really struggling and you're on this sort of like battle and you're cycling along, and then somebody like that reaches out and allows you to come in and looks after you. What does that do for your confidence, self-confidence? Um, it absolutely changed my perspective. And it was the, the thing that there's always somebody there to help you if you ask for help. And it was the first time that I realised that if you do ask for help and you do talk, people will try and assist you. Um, they might not always give you the best advice. And... But they will always try and have the best intentions. And that night, um, my fundraising spiked because of the involvement of Katie's friends and uh, employees and et cetera, et cetera. And all of a sudden, what was a really struggle, a really tough three days, actually became the most worthwhile day because I got to hear about how suicide had affected her and her family. and it really just made me realise how how much people miss the people once they've gone. 
mm-hmm. um, and how you just transfer that hurt. And mm-hmm. I'm now, it, it sort of kicked started me to say, right, I'm never hurting somebody else in that way. Mm. Yeah, and, and I do remember specifically, and, and that's why I brought that point up. I thought it was quite poignant to make because I do remember that um, that time. And it was quite a, it was almost quite euphoric in a way on certainly on social media. It was like, oh, who's this, who's this person? And it was like the story was like, Ryan, he's not made it to where he needed to go. And then this person's reached out and said, you can come and stay at our house. And it was a really good, so I imagine that gave you a lot of motivation to, to, to push on. Absolutely, how, yeah, it did. How um, how long in the end did it take you? What what was this, how long was it supposed to take you? How long did it take you? How much did you um, uh, set out to to make or not make to to raise for the charity, and how much did you actually end up raising? So um, I set out to do it in eight days. That was the plan. Um, after staying in Oldham, I recovered my time. I set off off set off earlier, um, and arrived later. Um, than I would have expected, but did 170 miles on that day four. Fucking hell. So, um, yeah, that put me back on track. And I cycled that day. I cycled 80 miles that day with my dad, which was sort of that motivation to enjoy that time with him. Uh, I set out to raise a thousand pounds, ended up raising just short of two thousand nice. pounds. And yeah, absolutely amazing experience. Mm. So did that that sort of kickstart. So when was this? When was this particular challenge? When did you do this? It was just a couple of years ago. So was that it? was in yeah August two thousand and seventeen. Seventeen. And since then, you have um, oh, just quickly actually, between the three years ago when you had that really low point in your in your life to to now, have you? Have you, have, you, have, you, have you seen any opportunity for yourself to go back? I mean, naturally, I imagine this is not something that you're just going to fix overnight. Somebody who has uh, uh, to deal with mental problems, mental issues, it's not something that you're just going to fix overnight, something you have to work on. But have you ever found yourself in a position where you might be slipping back? Absolutely, yeah. So when I finished Land's End to John O'Groats, I stopped cycling for quite a while. It took a lot out of me, sort of. Uh, yeah, cycling a thousand miles in eight days was tough, and it, it started to get into the winter sort of time, and it was just like I'm not cycling, and that that's when the three year period came where I found myself on the train line. So from then, it was like get cycling again. It made you feel better, do some exercise, and the way that I look at it now is it's like if you if you're going to be good at any sport, um, or you're going to be successful in business. You've got to work at it every single day. And that's the same as mental health. If you you can allow yourself to have a day off and a weekend off because you do need to recharge your batteries, but you've then got to pick yourself up again. And it's Monday morning and you've got to look after your own well-being. You've got to make sure you eat properly, sleep properly, exercise properly, and do all the little things that look after your mind, just like you would do your business or your um, or your physical um, mm. fitness. Mm. So th- there has been times where I've sort of gone, really can't be bothered today. Yeah. But there's, there's not really ever been a time where I've thought, I want to kill myself again, like I had done previously. You have bad days, 
you allow yourself to have a bad day and then you pick yourself up again. And do you, just on that point, do you have a do you, do you have a routine then? Have you brought a routine into your life? Has that changed anything for you? Um, I've always got my my cycling challenges, um, which give me focus and direction of this is where I'm wanting to be in six months' time. It allows me to have variation to my day of speaking to different things and organising different um, different parts of the ride, sponsorship, etc. Mm-hmm. But on a day-to-day basis, um, as long as I get up, get a shower, I have breakfast, I go to work, I will cycle at some point of that day, more than yeah. likely. I don't always cycle every day anymore. Mm-hmm. But it's as long as I'm keeping on top of my mood, then, it, like I say, it's just trying to do them simple, simple things and just trying to push away the negatives of life and stay positive. And that's in, and that's in, that's really interesting point, staying positive. And, 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 and I don't want to give... I don't want to be obvious here, stating the obvious, but perhaps what's the what's the important what's the importance of surrounding yourself with the right people and positive people? Is that important to you? And is it important to people Absolutely. who might be going through this issue? Yeah, I think that it's it's very easy to and well let's pick on drinking because we've mentioned that a few times. If you've got a life challenge that you're dealing with and you're trying to find an answer in a pint glass surrounding yourself with other drinkers who want to find their answer at the bottom of a pint glass. Neither of you are going to find an answer. And you're probably both going to find a wrong answer if you do find one. If you surround yourself with more positive people, um, people that think more optimistically than you may feel at that time, you are likely, more likely, to achieve a better result that way. I keep saying that um, a problem shared is a problem halved. And the more times you share it, the smaller it gets. And it does, uh, as long as you're sharing it with the right sort of people. You mm. share it with the wrong people, that problem's just going to get bigger. Mm. Do you know what? I think sharing your problems as well, it, it, can, it, can have, it can have a bit of a reverse psychology effect on the other person because it's something that I was told a long time ago is that um, everybody's got their own problems, but I, I can't remember the words, so it's going to sound silly when I say it, but it's something along the lines of, you think you've got a problem, but you'll never want to walk a mile in someone else's shoes. And yeah. it's, it's, it's about that idea of, you think you've got an issue, well, what about the child that was born on the streets of Africa with no legs, and you know he has to juggle to earn money to pay for his food, or something stupid like that. But it's not yeah. stupid, it's, it's real, it's true, isn't it? So perhaps the problem that is shared, it puts life into perspective. You think, fuck hell, you know, I'm lucky enough that I've got three children. I'm lucky enough that I've got a wife. I'm lucky enough that I've got siblings that are still alive, parents, you know, everything. So I think not only does it perhaps help you get the situation off your chest, but reversing it around, it can sometimes put other people's life into perspective. Would you agree? I do. Um, I think there's a lot to be said about perspective and how you look at the the problem or how you look at your own life. Because, yeah, I can look at your life and the um, owner of his own business, house, wife, children, car, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I can say the same about professional footballers, but they have different problems. Um, I 
don't drive anymore, so I don't have to worry about um, the cost of a car. Um, house, yes. Girlfriend, yes. Children, yes. Um, I look at my life as I'm happy with what I'm doing. I was um, speaking to a guy a couple of days ago, and I asked him if he felt privileged in what um, to have the life that he leads. And he said, no, I don't feel privileged. Um, I earned this life, um, and I'm going to enjoy this life. <laughs> uh, and I think that that's a really powerful thing to say, because whilst we are privileged to be European and mm-hmm. have the, the wealth and the security of the countries we live in and not be from India and Africa and the, mm-hmm. the more deprived areas of the world, they're still happy with living with nothing. Yeah. They're... they're 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 privileged to have to actually live in quite a very basic simple world where we have quite a lot of self-imposed complications i think it's yeah you you could you could you could you could spin it you can spin it all kind of i think you know that is an interesting point to make um you know one point we were i mean we we, you know our, our first child he got meningitis at six weeks we were stuck in the hospital for seven days it was a parent's worst nightmare when your six-year-old child is lying on a on a bed with 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 um tubes in and out thinking what's going to happen yeah. and uh and 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 yet in the same breath because i'm 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 very much this way of thinking kim thinks i'm a bit of a stone when it comes to emotion kim's my wife by the way my beautiful gorgeous yeah. wife for anybody who's listening <laughs> uh, i'm saying that because she's in the room no she's not really but she'll listen to this um but um <laughs> But my point is out that very quickly I thought to myself, at least I've got a child, um, you know, that is having the opportunity to to get medicine and get help, and he's fine, and he was okay, and everything was fine, and the positive thinking I think helped. But you know, like you say, you're in those situations. I think for me, you said that perspective is a really interesting thing, and perspective has got to be. Um, considered, I think, in in all challenges, whether it's a difficult challenge or not. Like when you're doing your bike rides and you're thinking, I can't do this anymore, I can't do this. You know, one perspective could be, well, <laughs> at least you've got legs to to actually do the, the cycle ride, whereas other people will be looking at you yeah. thinking, thinking, fucking hell, I wish I had legs to do a challenge like that. You know, I'm not undermining what you've done, Ryan, by any stretch of the imagination. No, no, no. I wouldn't have the bottle to do it. But you know what I mean? When you, when you try and put things into perspective. But I think perspective is... It's easy for me to say this right now. I'm sat at my dinner table, but at three o'clock in the morning, when my children, my children are not sleeping and they're screaming, perspective doesn't even come into consideration. I'm just like, I hate my children, you know. Um, <laughs> it, it's, and that's that's mental, isn't it? That's you battling with your own mental because I can sit there and go, yeah, but to put it into perspective, we're lucky to have kids. But at the time, I'm thinking, I don't want these kids right now, you know. That that comes that comes down to your three different the, the t- three different parts of your brain, um, and you've got your 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 impulsive response of I wish to just go to fucking sleep. <laughs> um, to, to that to that next rational thought of I wonder what's wrong with them, mm. and then that third thought of they're only going to go to sleep if I go and see them. So <laughs> that stage that process isn't it? Yeah. Um, you, you know that they're not doing it for for no reason, no. but. You'd rather just be asleep at that point. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. So, where, so we we fast forward to 2020. Your your full time day job is um, is is working alongside 
is it a charity that you work for? What type of organisation is yeah, it? It's um, yeah. So I work for a charity, um, and uh, yeah, I'm using the twenty three years uh, worth of experience to try and support others. I have um, the voluntary peer support group, as I mentioned, that's in Keithley. I have my own charitable fund that supports people raising money for mental health charities mm. in whatever they where they decide to do that. Um, and a bit of involvement with various other stuff that has all developed through me talking about my mental health and mm. through cycling. I mean, it's ama- it is amazing what you do. I totally take my hat off to you. It's certainly, it's, even this chat has certainly put things into perspective for me in terms of what um, you know what's important in life, what you're trying to get out of it. But you also do a lot of. I've seen you. You you do. You've done a lot of um, media stuff, and you do a lot of. Um, you, you speak as well. You, you're a speaker for raising awareness, don't you? You do a lot of things with kids and with children. You get yourself about, don't you? Yeah, I do. I do a lot of... Um, so I suppose my... I've got my day job, and that gets that, that pays a wage. Uh, I do a lot of keynote speaking, and I do mental health training based around sort of staying well every day and how you can notice your triggers that we've mentioned and how you prevent them from entering that downward spiral. Mm. So, yeah, to say that um, I work for a charity and that's my my only job is a bit of a lie because I've got I've got so much going on at the moment yeah. and it, yeah. it, I am very busy doing various things. Yeah. How can people um, support you and follow you? Where can we Where can we find you? Presumably, a lot is it on social media. So yeah, like um, we've sort of mentioned, is this year um, hopefully setting off on the fourth of June, so not too long away now. I am going to cycle around Britain for the second time. In two thousand and eighteen, I cycled anti-clockwise around Britain, and this year I'm going to cycle clockwise around Britain, uh, raising money for NHS charities. Um, Everton in the Community, Children's Heart Surgery Fund, Hammersley Homes and the Mental Health Foundation. And, yep, you can find me on um, LinkedIn, social media, uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, by searching hashtag Ryan Rides Around Britain. Uh, oh, we can just, I mean, we can search in Facebook as well, Ryan Anderson. You're, there's a, there's a lot yep. of stuff out there, yeah. And, and is it yeah, an open I, page for people to follow you? Yeah, it's all open. Um, I have an open book, nothing to hide anymore, um, nothing to be ashamed of. There's no stigma behind anything that I do. Uh, it's, yeah, I've, um, uh, yeah, come and join me. It's, uh, it's an amazing Good journey. Man. Good man. No, I think I encourage anybody to do the same thing. Be, listen, before we move right on uh, and, uh, and, and close the conversation, I forgot to mentioned the 2018 journey around the country because um i thought you were crazy by going from one end to the other going around the fucking thing <laughs> what yeah what it's a bit, actually what i did find really funny i'm pretty sure it was you or maybe your brother well you've got two brothers but rick i'm sure one of them put it might have been you you'll have to correct me you tell me the story in a minute but it was like so on the day 
that either you or my brother, whoever it came from, has managed to cycle around the entire country. Some bloke has managed to swim it, <laughs> wasn't it? And it was yeah. like, yeah, come on, come on. Yeah, yeah, um, the, yeah. The, 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 at the same time I had um, cycled around Britain, uh, yeah, there was a guy who was currently, he, was, he, he hadn't finished, but he was on his way to swimming mm-hmm. the entire perimeter um, of, the, of the British coastline. Uh, but the, there's people, like you said, I'm crazy for riding the length of it. And I've now rode round it and I've rode across Europe from the most northern part to the southern part. So in perspective, that's crazy. I know of people who've rode around the world mm. um, that, that, that people who've walked around the world that are walking around the entire coastline of Britain mm. that have cycled from the bottom of South America to the top of Alaska. Uh, in the grand scale of things, mm. what I'm doing is probably achievable by most people with a bit of grit and determination, practice and organisation. Some of the other things might just be a little bit more stupid than <laughs> I do. <laughs> how long? How long? Uh, how long did it take you? Because you play, it didn't. It didn't go to plan, did it? The around the, the, the country it didn't quite. No, no, first time around it didn't go to plan. Um, I wanted to do it in around about twenty-two days, mm. but um, yeah, as things always happen, they go wrong, and yeah. you've got to pick yourself up and find a way of continuing. Mm. Um, I'm a big believer in don't quit because if I, I think if I'd have stopped and any of them hurdles would have prevented me from getting round, then I'd have never have gone back to do it again. Mm. Um, I'd have never achieved what I have achieved today. I wouldn't be where I am. Um, mm. So yeah, it uh, it ended ended up taking me 41 days, which still makes me the fastest recorded. That's this person digitally recorded to cycle around Britain. Really? Yep. Okay, yeah, that is brilliant. We're talking, we are so, talking yep. to we're talking to a world record holder, ladies and gentlemen. That is that is that's gonna be the title is, of the yeah. show, world record holder. It's and, an unofficial world record, yeah. No, nah, no, I'm afraid it's official now because uh, I'm making it official. <laughs> um what, what what's your plan for the fourth of June and when you set off, are you planning on are you aiming for the same time um, to do it in and hoping to beat it, or do you think you'll get faster? No, so the route that I'm taking this year is um, about 280 miles longer. Um, <laughs> obviously, obviously you are. Yeah, so it's, it's slightly longer, but this year it's, um, instead of doing it fast, I want to invite people to join me to cycle. So there's 39 stages um, where people can join me for a mile, they can join me for 100 miles if they want to, or anything in between, um, or even just come out and say hello. Um, Mm. This is about raising funds for the NHS and the mental health charities and the Children's Heart Surgery Fund. It's not about me trying to achieve, uh, prove anything to myself anymore which in the past it has been, it's been that challenge. I need to do something. I need to, um, I need to be proud of myself in a way. It's not about that anymore. It's, um, this is purely um, a, a fundraising 
um, experiment more than anything. To, yeah. to to be one of the few people that have cycled clockwise and anti-clockwise around Britain uh, for charities. Both directions. Well, look, I'll make a pledge to you. I will come and I will do part of the um, of the journey with you. Uh, if you make a pledge to me, and that is that on that day that I come along with you, can you just at least give me a chance to sort of keep up? And uh, <laughs> it, it needs to be on a day that you're predominantly going downhill. That's all right. Well, your end of um, your end of Yorkshire um, is probably going to be one of the best days. Um, so, sort of heading out towards a little bit further out towards like the whole yeah. side of uh, things. It's it's nice and flat over there, and it's um, it's a nice day to be out as well. We'll come out. We'll definitely come out, and um, I'll have to just make sure that I can drag the uh, the kids and and Kim along. They can drop us off and meet us at whatever end we do it. So, I'll definitely make the commitment to do it. And you know, Brilliant. I think when, when you're raising money for um, uh, for charity, there's absolutely no excuse. And just one thing I thought of just mentioning earlier, I think I, I've always wanted to jump out of an aeroplane. And someone once said to me, "You should do it for charity." And I said, "Well, I want to. I want to jump out of an aeroplane. Like my, fr- I'm not going to go to my friends. Can you can you sponsor me to jump out of an aeroplane? I, I feel guilty by if I'd even suggested it because I know that they'll turn around and say." Yeah, but you, aren't you supposed to be doing something tough? What you're doing is, whilst you're saying, you know, most, a lot of people could do it with grit and determination. Brian, they might be able to do it under these circumstances where they hold a gun to the head and say, you're going to do it. But realistically, n- people aren't going to do it. I think, you know, when you're setting yourself up to, to raise money for charity, you have to, in my opinion, you have to put yourself in a position where either you're very uncomfortable or something that you're afraid of doing. And that's why I think when you did that first one, you'd only be riding for eight months. Your planning was very um, amateurish. Amateurish is probably a nice, yeah, nice way of putting it. But you, you didn't have a backup plan. There was no right. If we have a pop, a pop time, we're behind. We go here, and that's what I think was one of the reasons why you know people could naturally look at it and go, "Bloody hell, this is brilliant." Um, so that's good. So fourth uh, of June, you're going to start on that. When do we know what the what the what the journey looks like? So you've got 39 stages. When are you going to start? pushing it out there and promoting it for people to see because you're only a month away, aren't you? Yep, they are out there on... Um, so I have a page which is called Recycle Yourself, which is my little motto of um, discard of the old rubbish and make it into something new, um, which is what I've sort of done with myself. Um, so yeah, Recycle Yourself is on Facebook and there is only this morning the, the stages have gone out and... Uh, yeah, people can get in touch. They can um, organise to to meet me. Um, we've got press um, involved in various places. We've got Sky News in London. Um, it's it's a it's going to be a well publicised event, and I hope that people will come along and participate. Amazing. Well, I'm definitely behind you. I'm sure a lot of people are. So I just want to make sure you keep up the good work. Um, before I let you go, um, we had some t- technical difficulties. This was supposed to be recorded last night, but my, my laptop's running on Steam and I had issues with it. So I appreciate you taking your time out of your day to come and jump on here and have a chat. And I also like the fact that it's something a little bit different from what I've been talking about because um, you know, me- people can suffer from mental issues, big or small. It doesn't have to be to the point where they're about to you know consider ending their own life it can be just something as small as struggling with their every day-to-day issue so i think it's important to 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 
to try and get it out there more. You know, not that my podcast is going to emphasize it as much more, but I think it's good. I'm really pleased that you joined me today. I think I, I think when you when you talk you, like you say, it's business as usual um, is the, the podcast motto name, and business as usual can it, life can always carry on. It can always be business as usual, um, but there's always going to be them problems that are there, and whether that be that you've got to pay an invoice and you can't really afford to do it or that you've got to hire somebody and you can't really do it, or you've got to fire somebody and you really don't want to do it. They're challenges that you've got in business that are very similar to challenges that you've got in life and you have with cycling. They're just hurdles that you've got to overcome. And if you can overcome them hurdles, then it is life as usual. It is business as usual. You will keep on moving forwards. Amen, brother. Amen. I totally agree with you. Right. Two more things I'm going to ask you before uh, we close this down. One is, do you read books or listen to books? I listen to books. I'm not a big reader. Okay. Ditto. Good. You're on my same page. Um, any any top book, any book that you like that's inspired you or motivated you, mainly non-fictional? Um, well, it's, yeah, it's going to be a, a bit of a like a, a biography, biography type book. Yeah. Um, it won't surprise you that it's going to be about cycling. Um, <laughs> but it's Mark, Mark Beaumont. He, um, Around the World in 80 Days, fantastic book. And it talks a lot about cycling around Britain as well. Right. Around the World in 80 Days, interesting. We haven't had any sport, sport bio recommendations. I've had... Uh, Duncan Bannatyne and uh, Richard Bronson, but uh, that sounds that sounds good. And so, my other question: Mark, Mark's, Mark's a fantastic business person within his own right. It's very interesting what he talks about. Is um, the logistics? Um, is I'll let you listen. Okay, no good. I'm 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 going to do it. I've made a note. I'm going to do it. Um, and then finally, um, coming back to you, your profession, and your advice. Um, without getting too deep, if someone is struggling not to the point where they're going to do something absolutely stupid because i think the obvious thing to say there is to seek help but somebody perhaps is just struggling at the minute especially in this situation where everyone's sort of caved in somebody who perhaps didn't struggle before but struggling now what sort of tips have you got maybe just a couple of top tips just to help people uh, at the minute what would you say um first one is don't be ashamed of whatever's going on in your life. Um, there's um, there's a lot of problems that people face in life, and we're, we all go through them at some stage. So don't be ashamed of what's going on. Um, people won't judge you as you probably think they will. Um, we um, we all understand in our own ways. Talk about it with somebody, and if from there there's loads and loads of mental health support or life challenges support out there. Um, go talk to somebody um, that's a professional. Amen. That's it. Ryan, thank you so much for coming onto this podcast and actually mixing up the podcast. I think, um, I think you're a top bloke. Uh, I really do. I've got a lot of time for you and I totally wish you all the best, but Hey, I've committed it now. I'm on record by saying I'm going to come and join you. It'll probably be around the whole uh, whole area. You've promised me, though, that it's not going to be too much uphill. Um, but I've got It'll a bike. Be an easy day for you. Yeah, make it an easy day for me, mate. 
and uh, I'll definitely get supporting. We will uh, we'll support you all the way. But thanks again for coming on. Andrew, and thank you. Been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everyone. I say it every bloody time now, but I really do appreciate it. And um, I'm so happy that uh, Ryan came on today because it certainly made me put my life into perspective. And I hope that I continue that perspective. Uh, it's just incredible. Everybody's got their own story. And um, just so positive what Ryan's doing. So please, please support um, because it's not a bad thing. I'm, I'm not pushing you into, uh, into doing anything that you shouldn't already be doing. Please follow, please support Ryan. Such a nice chap and he's in such a good place. I'm so pleased for him. Uh, Totally deserves all the support that he gets. And hey, stay tuned because there's another podcast coming soon. And I think you're going to really like it. So listen in.